What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, J.H. Gibbons here. Number C. Welcome to another episode of the Acromas Podcast, episode 99. What a very, very special number. We are one episode away from 100. That is unbelievable, folks. That is a, that is almost 100 straight weeks of gems. That's incredible. So I hope you guys have been able to use these gems put them in action into your life, and of course, give us feedback from what's been going on. If you're listening to us, it means that you are listening on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you're watching our beautiful faces this evening, it can only mean one thing. It means that you're watching on YouTube, and I need you to do these three things for me before you do anything else. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, so the next time that you hop on YouTube and you're scrolling down your feed and you're looking for an episode to help you get a little bit further in life, this episode will be one of the first ones you see, and most of all, we'll see. It is free to do so. It's not costing you a thing. And we have 99 reasons consecutively as to why you should do so. And I'm going to add one more to that that i like to Absolutely. do. Uh, would you mind sharing that as well? Each one, teach one is our motto here because we really, each and every single one of you matter. So if you could do that, we greatly appreciate it. Again, very simple, liking the content, turning on your notification bell, subscribing to it, and sharing it. This is how you help us grow because we're helping you grow. That's all we're doing, man. That's all we're trying to do, right? 99 straight episodes, not one week miss, you know? I mean, starting this way back in the day now, right? Because it's been a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we honestly never saw this coming. We knew that we would just keep going. We'd keep growing and building. But to actually be here now, it's it's a strange feeling, man. But we're I'm so proud from the growth that we've had and where we've come. And I'm proud for anyone who's been able to, to follow us or listen to us and any single given time of the day or week, uh, we truly appreciate it. What a week it has been, we'll see. Um, last week, I know in episode 98, we we covered the importance of conversation. And um, one of the things I noticed, especially when sharing a lot of the videos that we put out um, throughout all of these, you know, these past couple of years here, I think this one hits the nail on the head with what we're doing, right? I mean, this is a podcast, it's a medium for you to be able to hear stories and listen to whatever else is going on in people's lives. And um, of course, a lot of this stems from just having conversations, right? Whether you're having conversations with your friends, your relatives, your families, or an audience, you know, it's, I think the importance of being able to get different perspectives in life and of others' lives are are very important. Even the ones that we may not agree with, I think it's important that those conversations are had because from those conversations, we can learn so much about ourselves and each other. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the topics that we touched on last week, uh, from Ye to, to Jerry Jones and in between, uh, is, is just an opportunity for uh, you know emotional maturity, uh, just opening your mind to different perspectives and, uh, you know, really grasping that it's all about growing at the end of the day. Uh, you know, each one to each one, you learn as you go through experiences and uh, you also learn from others. So it, you know, doesn't cost you anything, but maybe to, you know, adjust your pride, adjust your your view on things and just be willing to apply yourself to grow because ultimately uh, it's like ripple effects, right? So if you can adjust those things about it, hopefully last week's episode was for you. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head again, man. Uh, like learning is learning is everything, regardless how old you are. You can't you can't sit there and say you know everything. I think life is a learning 
it's a learning journey. Um, every single thing we do, especially if we are planning to grow, there are going to be some growing pains. You're going to have to learn a lot of things along the way, uh, but you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith in the system that you've built. Um, you have to have faith in in what you're doing and you have to be secure in, within yourself to understand that you are going to go through these pains. But on the other side, it'll be a better you, a stronger you, a, a fitter you, um, somebody that even you can be proud of for yourself. And, um, you know, I would say, especially for our guest today, um, there's been a lot of growth for him. You know, I, I think especially with the industry that he's in with real estate it's it's been it's been quite the challenge these past couple of years and uh for somebody to be as successful as he has been especially during the covid years and um even the years before and now it's it's even a little bit more stressful in the industry but um to have a chance to understand how you can grow and how you can better yourself how you can build a strong team who allows you to grow as well as you as you help them grow i think it's an amazing thing so we are proud to announce that we have on this Acromas podcast for episode 99, the address changer, somebody who has been a team lead of the DMV home team and has had over 40, let me say that again, 40 million in sales in the last three years. And if you know what we've wow. been through the last three years, you can understand how incredibly impressive that is. So ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome Jeremiah on the Acromas podcast Jeremiah, thank you for taking this time out this evening to join this Acromas podcast and allow us for you to tell your story, man. And thanks. Like I said, man, it's a definitely honor and privilege. Um, I take the opportunity all the time to do stuff like this, man, to uh, obviously give back, tell my story, but also to definitely try to help somebody else, as you guys stated early on. That's that's definitely you know, my mindset at all, all times, man, I never want to hold information. Um, I think my information helps others and others information has helped me along the way to get to where I am today. So it's only right for me to get back. So I definitely appreciate you guys uh, reaching out to me, invite me on you guys podcast and your platform. So I appreciate it. 100% man. And you mentioned your story, right? I think that's one of the most important things about these episodes that we do um, is for you to be able to tell your story. And we all have an origin story. So we want to learn a little bit more about Jeremiah, the man. Um, what what really got you into where you are now? I know we're going to we're going to touch on that industry a bit, but we wanted to understand exactly why you believe that this was something that you were passionate about. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in the real estate lane, um, if that's what you're speaking of, I think for the most part. Um, I would say I've been a real estate agent 11 years now. Um, I really didn't know, you know, where I would land. I, I had a CDL, uh, at the age of 21. So I was a truck driver from around 21 up until, um, probably about three years, four years ago. Um, I was a dual agent where I was, you know, obviously that means you work in a nine to five and as well as doing real estate part-time. So I really started doing real estate full-time about four years ago when I left my full-time job. Um, so, you know, to, to get straight to the nuts and bolts, man, I, um, I bought my first house when I was 31 years old. Um, and you know, the intrigueness about purchasing a home and understanding financial literacy and wealth, you know, it intrigued me one to not only be one of the first um, homeowners in my family, my immediate family, um, but also being able to educate others of what homeownership could do for you and your family. And so as I, you know, started building equity in my own home and understanding how I can leverage that, 
you know, it started making me realize that, damn, I can really go into this thing and and, and show others how to do the same thing. And then I, I got when I got my license, um, the agent that sold me my first house was a good friend of mine and a family. And then, you know, he convinced me to get your license, man, just, you know, get it part time, just try to, you know, get some extra income. And that's what it was about originally. But then when I started you know, diving more into it, it was something that I really became passionate about and, and really feel like even after, shoot, 31 years of my life, this is really my passion and what I really found love and doing even, you know, having a CDL for what, uh, 20 years now, it wasn't never really a passion. I was just trying to, you know, make ends meet. And, you know, I was a good driver. I was good at it, but it wasn't really something that was in my heart that I really wanted to do long term. So I was just trying to feed my family. But real estate was really my passion. Um, and in the back of my mind with that, you know, entrepreneurship played a big role because at the end of the day, you know, going into a nine to five, knowing your, your self-intelligence, self-awareness, knowing that, you know, reporting to a job where you were some valued things of that nature kind of played a huge part in me trying to really hone in on, you know, what I was strong and what I wanted to do with my life in regards to working for myself. So um, that, that really is the foundation of how I got here. Now, obviously there are some, some other intricate parts that played a part into my success, but as far as how I got into the business and why I got into it, that that's pretty much straightforward where it, where it came from. That's, I mean, <laughs> you know, every time we, we, we hop on this podcast there, there, there's always statements that either we may say, or we hear others say, and, and the one where you mentioned that you were working a nine to five and then trying to balance a passion on the side. I mean, that's literally one of the episodes we had. So it's, it's always crazy to see the parallels that a lot of us all have. And, and I think that can go to our community as well to say, Hey, you know, there are other people out here who are doing the same thing that you are trying to do. You're trying to have that balance, but you're, you're, you're trying to invest a little bit more time into your passion versus what you're just going to do to get paid. And I think it's important for people to understand that, man, at some point, you just got to take that leap. And when you take that leap and you feel it's right, you go, you dive right in, right? There's no hesitation. So to that point, I'd, I'd want to say when you decided that, you know, using the CDL that you were able to receive and being a driver for as long as you were, knowing that it wasn't your passion, what was that one day or that one thing that, that, that in your mind told you, I need to move out of this. I need to move on. I, I, I truly believe what I want to do, but now is the time that I have to move on. Yeah, I think to be honest, I, I, I should have left my job probably about three years prior to me leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, the, the reality of it is, is that I was, you know, it was some level of fear there, um, you know, as a man, and what's been embedded into us, you know, for generations about being providers and taking care of your family and you got to, you know, put everything on your back. That was, you know, I was I was that, you know, for my family for many, many years and not even my, you know, my wife and my children, but even my brothers and sisters and things of that nature. I kind of set a, a mindset for everybody around me like they everybody knew me as a they called me Jamaican. I didn't work three, four, five jobs at a time. Like I was always grinding. If one thing I could say that my dad instilled in me was, you know, the work hard, man. That's, and that that's what I've been doing even down to when I was a teenager out, when it was snowing outside, I was one of those kids outside shoveling people's snow, you know, to make, you know, money to, to buy shoes, clothes and provide for myself. So, you know, my dad told me that at a young age. So I think, <clears throat> you know, jumping out there as a uh, black man um, in society where 
it, it, it's not in our favor to be successful in business in a lot of ways. And so, you know, being on a job in the government, you know, we're we're kind of I ain't gonna say brainwashed, but it's it's one of those things where when you have a check coming in every two weeks, um, and you know you have sustainability, you know, you know you got a check coming in and, and it sustains you, you know, but it, it's a cap on that, like it's limitations, ain't but so far you can go. Um, that's why when they list a job, they tell you what the minimum salary is and what the cap is. You got to apply for and hold another job in order to reach to another plateau. And then even that one is still another cap. And so for me, I wanted to be able to put myself in a position where I can make as much money as I would like. It's, it's all on me about how many hours I want to put in, how hard I want to go. And so I would say the moment that I felt like my salary in real estate, what I was making as a um entrepreneur once it got somewhere close to what i was making on my job i felt comfortable enough to you know put a resignation letter in and, and get out of there and so you know when i left the government i was probably making about eighty thousand before overtime some close to a hundred grand when they you know once i put a little time in through overtime and things of that nature but once i start once i sold i would say probably about between eight to twelve homes a year once i got to that stage like you you, you knocking at the door making hundreds of thousands of dollars and then and I did that part time. So I said, listen, if I can do this part time, then I know what I can do if I put my full effort into real estate and, and take it, you know, full steam ahead. And then that's what happened. So I ended up going from doing ones and two and three and four transactions is it is turning to 10 to 15 and turn 10 to 15 to 40 in one year. And so that's how I, you know, monopolized the, the, the real estate industry to being able to build upon, you know, what I started in the part-time round. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's incredible to always see that journey. And then, you know, knowing exactly what your passion is and what your purpose is, it makes everything so much easier, right? The hard things that you probably had to do for something that you weren't passionate about, you, you may tend to complain or look at it in such a negative way, but you're probably working twice as hard now, but you're having twice as much fun. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's something that our community would want to hear to say, look, if there is something that you are passionate about, it may take some time to get there. Um, You have to do what you have to do to get there. But once you're there and you're, you're setting yourself up for not just yourself, but for your family <laughs> and the generations to come, it's worth so much more, especially with that hard work that you're going to be putting in. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, I think I think for me, I think um, so my, my mother uh, passed away when I was six years old. I think that played a huge part in uh, a transition as far as my mind state in regards to, um, you know, my kids and my wife um, and how I wanted to leave a legacy, you know, and, and you know, obviously, I think it affected me in regards to how I, how I you know, related to women and in and, and different relationships. So I tell people all the time, and a good friend of mine, I don't know if you guys know BJ Page, but a good friend of mine, BJ Page, he, one of his famous statements, which is, you know, cliche, it says your network is your net worth. And so I pride myself in relationships, meeting people, having conversations like this, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I, I support black businesses. I support um, people doing the things that I'm doing. And I feel like at the end of the day, we have to do that in order for, for us to get back. And one, to, to make sure that each each one of our businesses are sustainable. If we don't support each other, it's hard to us sustain where we are right now. And especially with the economy going up and down and, and the dollar becoming less than what it is, 
you know, we, we got to be educated, man. And, and I pride myself, especially in real estate. Like, again, yeah, we make a lot of money doing it, doing real estate. However, um, I think once I shifted from making the money, like it's about education, like even every client that I get, I make sure they understand what they're doing. What do you, you do? You understand what you're signing your name on, what, what this can do for your family. Most of my clients don't even have an idea that they can be a homeowner. So, you know, when you show them the way and understand it, next thing you know, these clients buy two and three houses from that first home, which I did. Like, I, it was the same process I went through. I didn't know nothing about buying a house. I wanted to buy a house in my mind. I didn't know what to do, how to do. I just reached out to somebody and they said, look, you got to do this, do that. And I did it. And once I seen that I was able to do it, I didn't bought two or three homes since then. And I've been an agent. So thousands of homes and now look at me. So, um, but yeah, man, it's just really, you know, like I said, I appreciate the platform because at the end of the day, it's about education. I mean, we have to educate and that's where it all starts. If you, you only can do better if you know better. It's just simple. Very true. Very true. Um, I, I wanted to ask a question uh, about the adversity aspect of it. Um, I know you were making, you mentioned as you were making that transition, uh, in some cases, um, as we know, it, and we want to make sure the audience don't get the perception of like, you know, it's just you're, you're from A to B and it's just easy process because we sure it wasn't. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, the discipline uh, is, is we can sense that we know it's on display is there. Uh, it's a certain mentality that you, you, you must have a certain um, aspect of how you apply and execute. Uh, for you, when you are faced with those moments of adversity, um, how have you approached it? Uh, that has ultimately allowed you to grow and learn to be able to share those lessons with others. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I was just talking to a good friend of mine about, um, you know, we, we go through things day to day and obviously they don't always, um, they're not always positive. Sometimes they're negative situations. And I, you know, we, when we going through things, our mindset never shifts to say that these things only last momentarily. Like you got to really think back you was just in that situation, another situation, another situation. But the reality is you're still here and you're probably in a better place that you were then than you are now. And so um, I think for me, um, the transition from working a government job and becoming a real estate agent, as well as and I didn't speak on this yet, but I have a blended family. I'm, I'm married. I have a, a wife and I have four children. So I'm a co-parent. We have a blended family. Been married five years and date my wife 10 years. Um, a lot of my adversity come with sacrificing um, time with my, my family. And, and obviously, you know, you, it's, it's a trade off sometimes when it comes to you building legacy and, and starting, you know, your industry in regards to um, homeownership as well as entrepreneurship. And you know, those things um, cost me some time with my kids, cost me some time with my wife. Um, but we also understand the goal and those just come from communication and setting a plan in place. And so um, that's one of the adversity I face. I still face that today. I like even open up this restaurant real estate. I was always extremely busy. Um, uh, but now, you know, this is a whole nother lane that I had no experience in that I jumped out there and did one of the reasons why I wanted to open up a restaurant, um, called fresh green was, you know, obviously in the communities that we grew up in Washington, DC, DMV area and PG County, there's no, you know, healthy, healthy options for us in most cases. Like we got to go downtown DC, or we got to go out, you know, suburban areas, College Park, Bowie, a little further out in order to get, you know, what we need to get to to um, sustain health. Um, and so that in itself, you know, I battled with that, you know, over the time my wife is when I met my wife, she was vegan. Um, so that was something that, you know, kind of was instrumental in 
it feel right in our lap to be able to something that, you know, we teach our kids to try to eat healthy. We juice now. No, and, and obviously, you know, healthy eating is obviously is long lasting in regards to trying to keep us alive longer. And so you know, we ate a, we used to eat out all the time. We don't eat out as much. Um, so some of those things are difficult, but they're they're not at the same time. You know, so I think um, I don't know how transparent we gonna be on this on this uh, on the podcast. But the floor um, is yours, man. The floor is yours. Hey, it's the floor is yours. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, obviously as a black man, and and you you start to make a little money, you start to, you know, putting yourself in some situations. I've been through, you know, merge situations, things of that nature. And so I had a lot of different adversities, whether it been the job situation, you know, transferring from one job into entrepreneurship, whether it be you know, the relationship standpoint, you know, being married, not having a book or understanding of what a husband looked like um, and, and trying to figure out fatherhood as well. Just, you know, having four children, you know, all of them, you know, just different kids are different. You think you think you can raise them all the same, but you can't. And so just, you know, and, and having to do that and business, family, business, it, it's just a lot. And so day to day, you know, we, we, we get anxiety, we get stressed and we deal with you know, a lot of different things. Even times where I have to go through therapy. I got, I got a therapist, you know, I want people, especially black men, we need to know how important that is. Like, mm. you know, we, 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 we've been accustomed to holding a lot of stuff inside emotions and things of that nature. So you got to release that stuff. Um, that helps me a lot. You know, when I, when I get bogged down and get overwhelmed because it is overwhelming, like you said, it's not easy. You know, it might seem like peaches and cream. No, it was, it's, it's definitely has been a tough road to get where I am. Um, but I also know that my journey and getting here prepared me to get to this point to get better understanding of where to go to when I get anxiety. W what do I do when I get stressed out? Learning how to meditate, learning how to go exercise and things of that nature to let off some steam. So I do a lot, a lot of different things to suppress those things now versus holding that stuff in without, um, you know, having a having a voice. So I now know that I can, you know, voice my emotions and feelings to my wife. You know, so it's a whole we can, you know, go into a whole lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but definitely that question, you know, goes back to, you know, a lot of adversity that I, I dealt with. Like I said, whether it be, you know, family, the business itself, you know, um, manhood, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Excellent question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what I heard in there was healthy habits. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think you've established a set of healthy habits that you've now, you know, initially, of course, it was a lot difficult because, you're changing your lifestyle a bit to be able to fit the fit lifestyle that you're trying to achieve, especially with something like fresh green. Yeah. It's you're, you're, you're wanting to make sure that your community is a lot healthier. So you also have to look the part and you Absolutely. also have to eat the part. You have to consume the right food and also, you know, the right content, right? All of that, all of that matters. It, it makes you a healthy human being. So I, uh, you know, talking about meditation and therapy and, and taking some time out for yourself and, and also having that support system of your family. I think it's, it's huge, especially in our community. You know, I, I think it's something that's, that's, you know, at the times with the media, they, they take it a different realm and they go and run mm -hmm. with something else. But um, I think it's important to hear that a foundation is one of the things that helps you to literally build a home um, from what you built from the bottom. So yes, that's sir. very commendable. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I saw like one of the things that really popped out to me is that 40 million in sales over the past three years, yeah. knowing that we just we're, we're <laughs> kind of still in a pandemic, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was really incredible. And I'd love to hear about that story <laughs> and how you, how you've been able to not only weather the storm, but I know, you know, there's, there were tariffs on Canadian lumber, 
Um, you know, so a lot more people are being a little bit more spend conscious and spend happy these days. So I, I really want to understand how you were able to not only weather that storm, but to be able to build such a an amass of money at that, that particular time. Yeah, I, I really think it's about the foundation, man. Back to foundation. I think um, I started this 10 years ago. And even when I have um, I, t- I have a team of agents now and under me and as well as my, you know, a lot of folks in my brokerage look up to me, but they some of them really don't understand that, you know, they, they think that when they get their license that these clients are just going to fall in their lap and it's just mm-hmm. going to, you know, turn over so fast. And so just to give you an example um, <clears throat> in most cases. So if you're if you're doing real estate the right way and when I say the right way, that means. Once you get your license and you understand follow up one consistency, because those are two go hand in hand. You get a client today, you sell them a house today. They want to hear from you. They need to hear from you often um, because it's 50,000 real estate agents just in PG County alone. So very quickly, you can have a client today and that client can be with another agent six months from now, um, right after you sold them a house and they can get another agent to sell their house just because they haven't heard from Jeremiah um, in, in umpteenth months. And so for me, consistency and follow-up, which was set in me early to the point where almost every client that I've sold to from the beginning up until now, they've repeated, they were repeated clients because this business is a referral based business as well as uh, repeated client pays business. If you're consistent in doing what you're supposed to do. So, you know, that's one. And then farming is critical. You got to figure out what, what works for you. There's so many ways that you can market yourself. Um, you obviously you got social media, which is hot right now. Most realtors on social media, um, you got traditional where people door knock, people pass out flyers, people do mailings, so many different things. But I've always did a lot of those different things, which allowed me to build my foundation to the point now where a lot of my business is referrals. So I don't necessarily have to go out mm. and go get business. Most of the business comes to me at this point, but I still I never I never feel like I, I can't go back and knock on someone's door. You know, I talk about real estate almost every day, no matter whether I'm in Fresh Green walking down the street in a CVS, no matter where I am. Um, most of the time, depending on what I'm wearing, most of the time is if I'm wearing fresh green or I have some real estate attire on and it sparks up a conversation and I, you know, start talking about real estate. Um, and so I still teach my team. Even now I just talked to one of my good friends that's a real estate agent. We're talking about um, combining forces and, and doing one of the f- first, well, I don't think in even PG County, there's too many men that's teaming up. If you notice, it's a lot of women creating these power women groups and real estate as well and other entities as well, but it's no men doing it. And I, and I think that's driven by ego in most cases because everybody wants to spotlight, but that's not me. You know, I, it doesn't matter to me as long as we can be on the same page, communicate, and then we can do something real special. But I think, you know, most of us, you know, it's a stigma behind men and black men when we're trying to work together. Everybody want to be the alpha. Like I could take a back seat. I don't have I don't have a problem being second in line, first in line. We can interchange. I'm cool with that. Um, but nevertheless, I think real estate really is about consistency. So for me, even when I transitioned, I was uh, I was at um, my first brokerage was Harvard Trust Realty Group, which I was there for about six years. And then I transitioned from that real estate company to where I'm now, which is own real estate. And so with the help of my new broker, as well as the tools and everything they provided me, I've been able to sustain through the pandemic because of the foundation that was laid from early on. And so, you know, being a household name, and that doesn't mean anything because I can, you know, real estate is so fickle. 
It's yeah. up and down. It's slow. Right now, the market is a little slower than it was two years ago because of several things. The interest rates are very high right now. Um, but even then, and I'll give you guys you know, a nugget in regards to the market and why they're doing what they're doing, as well as the misconception of the interest rates. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's more about consistency. I think for me, being consistent through the pandemic, because I've been able to, my name is good. I've been consistent. I did good business. You have agents that do so much bad business out here. You can't even imagine how many calls, how many clients that call me and say, I had an agent two months ago. They're trying to force me to buy this. They're trying to force me to do this and put an offer on something I want, taking me to see houses I don't want to see. You know, it's it's just a doing, they're doing a disservice. And so at the end of the day, you do one or two or three of them, the word starts to spread around about you as a bad agent. And then it's too many agents out here. You, you can't even afford to do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, this year, and I didn't even, it's not even in my 40 million, but I'm at, now, because of the market slowing in this year, but I'm already close to 15 million this year as well. So, you know, it's it's wow. definitely, definitely, um, you know, honor to be able to serve our community in different ways. So, yeah, that's 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 been my journey in regards to how I've been able to do it. But and it's, it's it seems simple. Uh, it can be simple if you really write it down. I'm going to be consistent, put a system in place. I used to, I don't do it now because of different things I have going on, but I used to get up every morning. At 5 a.m., I work out from 5 to 6, 6 a.m. in front of the computer. I'm locking in on my clientele, what I'm going to do today, who I'm going to call, how many calls I'm going to make, who I'm going to contact, get my paperwork in order, any contracts I need to catch up on, and then I'm hitting the street. And so once you get a plan and a system in place and you work that system, I guarantee you a year and two years, most people don't have the patience to wait, though they want it to happen like that. You wait two and three years that business is going to be nonstop. It's going to be an overflow. And that's what happened for me in, in three years ago. That overflow started to come in from the work that I did prior to the mm-hmm. pandemic. And it just, it just took off. Wow. Well, and, I, and I know you mentioned mm-hmm. a nugget that you had, especially when it came to interest rates. And of course you want to go right to the source, somebody who's in the street, somebody who's doing this for a living. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You know, we, we love gems, we love nuggets, and we want our community to consume that as much as possible. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, so right now the rates around seven, seven percent ish. Um, and you know, obviously you, you see on every day on the TV, they're saying rates high, don't buy now people convincing people to the family and friends saying it rates too high X, Y, and Z. And people want to know when is a good time to buy? Um, the good time to buy is when you are able to buy. If you have the mindset that I'm not going to buy right now because the rate's too high, what happens if your circumstance changes six months, a year from now, and then you, you, you was prepared to buy and you could buy now and you didn't buy because of someone gave you misinformation? And I'll tell you what that misinformation is. So at a 7% interest rate, it's much cheaper to buy at a 7% interest rate than it is for you to get a 4% interest rate in a market that's a seller's market where if you notice, I don't know if you guys heard, two years ago, people were paying 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90 to 100 grand above asking price on a lot of these homes, cash. So it costs you more to do that than it does to pay 7% in interest right now. And the reality is, if you pay for a house right now at 7% interest rate, the rates aren't going to stay at 7%. We just have no idea when they're going to drop, but they're going to go back down. When those rates go back down, you refinance to the lower rate, and then you benefit from now. I've owned the house for a year, two years, however long it takes for the rate to go down. You've also built the equity in it, as well as 
you benefited from the market rate change and then you refinance. Now you saved in payment, but you also got the equity from the time that you own the house. So that to me, when you start to look at the numbers, it's a misconception that is it's, it, the rate's too high. Yes, the rates are high. It's, it's a given. However, it's going to cost you more. When it transitions back to a seller's market, now you're in a competitive market where you got five to 10 people bidding on the same house and running the price up. Versus right now, it's a buyer's market. You got the pick of the litter. You can you can get all the closing costs paid. You got all these down payment assistance program. I literally just sold a house in D.C. where my client bought $100 to close. If this was a year ago, would have never happened. Even wow. if you were getting your down payment paid, wow. that closing cost, that seller isn't paying. That seller wants you to pay all your closing costs. So people don't understand, like, out of pocket, you're going to pay you're gonna, you're gonna pay more now. I mean, you're going to pay more even if the rates were lower than you would now. So mm. um, it's just it's mm. like it's just about education, man. That's really what it boils down to. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is good information. Uh, by chance, uh, <clears throat> have you considered, if you don't already, like, uh, maybe – putting a book together um, a guide or something of this nature, or uh, I mean, that could be in the works. I don't want to, you know, spoil that for anyone, but uh, from the sounds of it, I feel as though it's, it's very, very helpful information, uh, especially for those who are, you know, interested in home buying or just general fear, because, you know, a lot of times folks would rather kind of, like you said, you know, hide in their pride, if you will, and uh, kind of you know, refrain from asking those questions. So, um, you know, as another alternative, you know, is that something that you've considered? I have, um, the 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 problem in it for me is I've been stupid busy like I did, and it's it's really no excuse for it. I have to really because it, it just speaks to who I am in regards to me educating and it's that's the lane you have to create uh, material in order to I don't have to speak it it can it can be in a book you know what I'm saying so I can't be at multiple places at one time so somebody can go in and purchase that information from me but yeah you're absolutely right definitely have thought about it so, so, so many times. I, I definitely, and because you mentioned, I'm going to jump on it. Like I really got to set aside time. And it's really not, it shouldn't even take long. I mean, it's not like you about, I'm about to write a hundred page book. So because first time home buyers and being a first time homeowner, it doesn't, it's not a lot, it's a, not a lot of information. I'm going to get straight to the point and make it as simple as possible. So it shouldn't be, you know, a long time to create something like that, but definitely um, you just spark something that, that interests in me to get back to, you know, that's to the roots, man, foundation and teaching. So definitely appreciate that for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll be first in line, I'll tell you right <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah. You guys, you guys <laughs> own home? You guys own your homes? Uh, no, not myself, no, but I do have that in the works and uh, down the line. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you. My man, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. I'm, I have a townhouse right now. I've known it yet, but um, yeah, I'm still paying off that. And you're you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to equity. Um, A couple of years ago, you know, if we – if we wanted to turn around and sell this, we could have gotten, you know, a good hundred K off of it. Um, of course that's, you know, it's starting to change a little bit now, but um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think home ownership, especially for, for us is very important. Mm -hmm. um, it's important for legacy. It's important for, for building, you know, building a net worth, you know? Um, so I think all of that is very important. And, you know, a lot of the advice that you've been able to to give us this evening has been important. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, everyone in our Acromas podcast communities is, is able to hear that from you. Um, and I, I would ask, I know that you, you're going down the lane of, of having your restaurant now for fresh green. Is there anything else that you have on the horizon in the next five to 10 years that you plan on diving into as well? Yeah, I think, I think for me, I, because I've, I've always taken on too much than I should in, in times. And so I want to do everything in moderation. 
Um, I think real estate and fresh grain is really my focus right this moment. So I haven't really thought beyond that. Um, but I am in the process of opening up several more fresh grains in, in our community and our area. So I just signed my lease agreement on another location. So stay tuned for the announcement on that. Um, definitely, you know, and, and my wife, she going to be writing out about opening up too many at one time. You overwhelm yourself this down the other, but, um, but yeah, we we I'm, I'm I have a I have a goal, and I definitely want to be, you know, put my family in a position where we don't have to work as hard, you know. And you know, obviously, if you if you pay attention to wealthy people, um, they will instruct you that any debt that you have, whether it be your house, whether it be your car, whatever type of living that you want, you should have assets that support that. So, for instance. Each, each one of my restaurants that I open, if, if I'm not strictly going to just save all this money, but you it really shouldn't be saving. You should be investing in every dime you got because the more money you got sitting in the bank, it's losing its value. And so every restaurant that I have, I want that to be able to support any lifestyle that me and my wife want to live. So if you want this particular car, one of these assets need to bring in that car note or whatever that is monthly so that whatever income that we have in regards to our personal business, like real estate and her therapy practice, that money shouldn't even be going to our lifestyle. That money should be going to investments or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, but the businesses themselves should be supporting, especially the restaurants should be supporting um, the lifestyle that we want to live. And so sometimes that can look a little, you know, disturbing right now for her because my wife is real big on energy. She's real big on self-care um, and those things. So, you know, the stuff that I value, not to say I don't value those things, but, you know, her mind, I'm, I'm valuing putting our family in position now more so than, you know, a lot of the time and energy that I was able to put into a lot of other things. And so, you know, I got a, at least a two-year plan to focus on this and then get those things kind of running like real old machines where I don't have to be, you know, as intricate. I don't have to beat it every day. You know, I'm setting the foundation in this just like I set the foundation in real estate. And so then it ends up doing its thing on its own. And then I can kind of, you know, sit back, evaluate and figure out what's my next move. Uh, I'm trying to build up a portfolio of at least seven streams of income. And so that's my goal, ultimately. So each restaurant is one. And if some people consider the restaurant industry itself could just be one lane. I got real estate. So I mean, I got five on the go. So I got a lot of work to do, you know, but at the same time, trying to balance life. And, you know, I definitely won't never put any of this before my family at any point in time that it, you know, feels like I'm doing too much. I'm definitely going to, you know, reel back, which is why I don't want to do too much in, in this industry too fast. I want to slow it down, making sure that I'm making the right moves, moving correctly. As Rick Ross said, I don't want to move fast. I want to move correctly. And so, and that's the play. That's the play for me right now, for sure. Um, I think I would definitely tell you within the next five years, you know, people think about millionaires, but million, making a million dollars isn't a lot of money when you make money. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to um, the pivot or not. I'm sure you guys, you're in the podcast, so you yeah. watch the pivot. Right? Yeah. Um, one of the one of the episodes that stuck out to me was the Kevin Hart one, and just and I'm gonna touch on this because I know this is this is it's a little off script, but um, as I started gaining traction in both of my careers and started elevating, I started losing a lot of friends. Um, and so me and my wife, we kind of move a little different, understanding that. Not one. We don't think we better than anybody. We've real down to earth people. However, we started seeing, you know, subconsciously, I'm sure people started moving a little different and we started seeing those things. And so um, I say that all to say that Kevin Hart reminded me 
and which is why I can't stop. I had to stop taking those things personal that wealthy people, most wealthy people, especially from our community, we didn't grow up wealthy. And most of us grew up in, a, in, in poverty in the hoods. I grew up in Southeast DC. We understand both sides of it. We understand how, what it looks like to be poor. We also understand what it looks like to make a little money. And so those people that are still in those lanes of, of, of poverty or not in the level or, or not where we are, they don't really understand what it, what it takes for, for us to sustain this type of lifestyle and move correctly. And so I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't get upset because they, they don't understand. I understand where they are, but they don't understand where I am. I have to understand both ends. So there's no need of me getting frustrated and angry with them because they just don't understand. And you got to accept that if they're not trying to, you know, get on board with, with you, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because the moment that they do understand and they start taking that platter tell, then they look back and like, damn, now I understand. I see why they had to move like this, why they had to slow down. They couldn't go out as much. They couldn't hang with us. It wasn't that they was ignoring. They, they thought they was better. Nah, they out here grinding and, and what it really takes to do what we're doing. It takes a lot of time and energy and, and really focus this because at the end of the day, I can really go out right now tonight. But realistic, I know I got to get up at 6 a.m. and I got to start this thing all over. And so mentally, I can't even, you know, I can't even, I can't fathom of, of what I'm going to be able to do when I get, when tomorrow comes, like how much energy I'm going to have. I didn't even expect to walk in the door at 8.15. My mindset was like, I'm going to get home at least an hour before this podcast so I can, you know, digress and get myself together. I went into the store, but it's extremely crowded. People in and out, it was packed, which is, I'm not complaining at all. So I had to go in there and had to get behind the counter and, and go at, go to work. And so, um, but again, I could have had plans tonight, but they would have changed because I had to grind, I had to be in the store and make things happen. So that's the part that most people that's not in this lane, they, they don't really understand the mm -hmm. amount of work and work ethic that you got to have in order to sustain this, man. So um, that's the hardest part in this because you can, you can find yourself alone real quickly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Lonely sometimes, but I understand it. And I also understand I can't take everybody with me either. So mm -hmm. um, whoever's going to be for me, going to be for me. I got to, I do have a solid core of folks that's, you know, on the same page as me, you know, me and my wife and connect very well with us. No judgment, judgment free zone. Talk about any and everything, no matter what it is, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's all love and, and who, who, who does understand, understand, and we're going to connect with you and whoever don't, don't we going to keep it pushing. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that's, I mean, that's one of the toughest things to realize, especially if you, you're following your purpose, right? You're chasing after it and not everybody, not everybody's having the same dreams that you are, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's tough for people, especially those, if you've had a friendship that was 15, 20 years going, childhood friends that, you know, they're still, they haven't, they haven't switched. They haven't switched that mentality that they had all those years ago where you were seeing the world from a different, from a different space now. Mm -hmm. And now you have a family that you're trying to provide for where they may not have that same mentality that you have. Um, so I, I think it's important for anybody out there, especially if you know, man, I need to change my circle, right? I, I, I'm looking mm -hmm. around. I'm I'm not where I know I should be or where I know I'm capable of going. Um, I have to be able to extend myself. I have to be able yeah. to reach out to to, you know, get get into these places where I can network, speak to people who are way smarter than I have, will ever be. Um, and, and just to make sure that you're adding value to them too, right? Because you don't you don't want to be a leech. You don't want to be somebody who's who's trying to pull somebody else down. You want to be able to bring value while other people of your your new circle do the same thing. So I, I think it is very important to you know to elevate 
you know, for, for, for a lot of us out here who know for sure that this is not the life that they want to be living forever. It's up to you to make that decision. You have to make that commitment and you have to say, all right, I'm elevating myself. I'm not going back regardless who's with me or who's against me. I know on that other side, there are going to be people who have taken the same path I've had. There are going to be people who have, have gone through the same heartaches, the same, the same stuff that I've had to face. They're going to be going through that and they know how to deal with that because they've, they've gone through it. So now I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be amongst people who think the same, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, we're all building and all moving towards the same goal of helping yeah. others, especially when it comes to putting somebody in a home. I mean, that's huge, right? Especially for someone who's a, who's a first-time buyer, right? They started their own family. They're trying to elevate themselves. So you're allowing them, you're allowing yourself to, to, for, to be that address changer, as you put it, yeah. and saying, hey, I'm going to put your heart at ease. I'm going to put your mind at ease. I'm going to put... I'm going to give you and allow you to find a place that you know you'd be able to stay with you and your yourself and your family. You can you can you can build off of that. So yeah. no, I think I think it's really important. I think it's very vital. We'll see. What are your what are your thoughts on that, man? No, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I, I believe, you know, it's a natural order of things uh, where you 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 even like hell, we've experienced it too with what we're doing now, right? <laughs> where we we yeah. definitely um we know each other for so long, man, but we've definitely uh, when you have a, a vision um, and, you know, you have a, a tunnel vision, you're focused on that and you commit yourself to your goals and, and uh, you know, pursuing your aspirations and you're actually applying, you know, a process that's going to lead to that success. You do lose people along the way. Um, and it's not, you know, and, 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 and um, there's no harm in that being a part of the process, because uh, as you grow and you change, you know, those who will fall more aligned with what you're about will naturally gravitate more towards you as to them. And as you got, you both mentioned, which I think is really awesome. Of like, you know, you, it's a learning process. Like it's a give and take relationship where you establish, establish that bond um, and camaraderie amongst those who are like-minded individuals. I feel like that's where you thrive the best uh, when you're able to have those sort of people around you. But, you know, before you can get to that point, you have to address the, the, the fact of where you are, uh, prevent yourself from being stagnant and, and and enhancing your development. It's so important that you look into that because a lot of times we do get complacent. We can become the complacent in our current level of success or um, we can undermine our, our potential and not execute and taking the opportunities and the chances. So I, I feel as though, I know my takeaway a lot of from what I've heard tonight is the um, not just only having ambition, but setting a plan uh, something that you can create to be habitual for yourself and then uh, following it, right? Disciplining yourself, as we talk about a lot with having mantras and, uh, you know, as Jeremiah said, with him getting up and having that routine of getting up five or six in the morning and then outlining your plan of the day of how are you going to accomplish this with the time you have. And just also, most importantly, maximizing the better usage of the time that you do have is, is, is you know, as best you can. I think, uh we, we, we focus so much on tomorrow that like we, we, we get aside ourselves from today. So uh, I, re- I really believe these were like excellent pinpoints of like um, understanding yourself, um, knowing how you operate, knowing how you can best maximize yourself and how you can be of usage to others and, and just applying your, yourself as best you can, you know, and then being conscious to not, to be aware of not overextending yourself, which I thought was awesome where we asked about like, the, the idea of what could the next five, 10 years present itself. And you're like, you know what? I'm taking stepping stones. This mm-hmm. is so important that I do it this way so that I keep on my trajectory that's for me 
and continue to build upon your success and continue to thrive. Um, and I couldn't commend you any more than, than, than what we've heard. And um, it, it's um, admirable, you know, very happy to, to be a part of to hear this and take these gems from you because you dropped a lot of gems. So I hope you guys are paying attention. Lot, <laughs> go get a pen and paper, pen and paper of your old school. Yeah. You can go to the note section of your phone. You can pause it, go back, write down some of these gems, man, uh, because you're learning some life lessons that you can apply and utilize today. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Take that action, man. As we'll see said, as Jeremiah has been dropping gems. I mean, it's, it's literally up to you. You know what I'm saying? The information is here. You know, the, 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 the reality is that you have to be the one to take that risk, to take that chance and understand that yeah, it might be a little bit hard at the beginning, but this is a long-term plan. This is a new lifestyle, especially those who are in fitness, right? If you're, if your goal is to become healthier, it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not a fad. It's not a, it's not a challenge. It is your lifestyle. Everything you do has to be about health. Everything you do has to be about building a foundation and being able to teach others so that they may do the same. So we all teach one. We all we all grow together. We all build. And I think it's important that we continue to to let our audience know and let our community know that we're all in this together, regardless of where we are in the world. We're all we're all in this together. So, Jeremiah, I, I do want to ask. I know a lot of us have been listening. Now we've we've heard about the importance of financial literacy. We've heard about the importance of, of putting building that foundation in order for you to create everything else that you want to, especially when it comes to creating systems and strategies that will work for you as you continue to build, right? So I, I do want to ask, what is that one piece of advice that you can give to this community, those who may be up and coming in the real estate game, or maybe they're in a whole different industry? What is one piece of advice that you can give them? Um, the one thing I would say is hire a mentor. I think um, mm. mentorship mm. is very critical, um, especially in our space. Um, it, it will expeditiously, you know, help your career, you know, grow. Because I, I would tell you when I first started, I was stagnated because I didn't have the proper mentorship to kind of eliminate some of of what, you know, challenges I faced early on in the game. And so I think um I think everybody in any industry, you should always have a mentor. I think, um, and and understand that most mentors that know about mentorship is really not about what I can do for you; is what the mentee can do for for me. And then that most mentee mentors want to see that first, that ambition, that drive, and determination. Because I, I actually I I am a mentor at my brokerage. And so the most of the time when I meet with these mentees that they come in and agents, they get assigned to me. The first thing I tell them, I say, listen, I don't have a lot of time to waste. You know, so if if, if you have trainings that I supplied you, um, you know, I want to see you go above and beyond for yourself, not above and beyond for me. If you put in the maximum effort, then I'll make sure that my time is available in order to teach, to educate, to help you along the way in the game. But if I see you being lazy, if I see you calling me at the midnight hour, you ain't did no trainers and you want me to help you negotiate a deal or contract X, Y, and Z, I'm not doing it. And so my time is extremely valuable, but you have to put in the work for first. Like it's not, you know, you can you can call and say you want a mentor, but if you you think I'm going to give you the game for free and free is not even monetary. I'm talking about free, meaning you taking the extra mile, you doing the studying. It's one thing you studied everything and you just need a question answer. Okay, 
I need to understand this better. That that that's not typically the conversation. Is they want you to do it for you. I'm not doing the work for you. I did I I did this hard work for 11 years in a real estate game to get where I am. So and ain't no and I ain't nobody giving it to me for free. And so mentorship, 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 and make sure that even in hiring that mentor or working with the mentor that you're willing to to go through the grind for yourself. Like you got to study, you got to put in your effort first. Nobody's giving us, you got to go after it. And so it's not going to fall in your lap, especially not in real estate. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's great advice, man. And I, I 100% agree with that. Um, Especially if you've been grinding for so long, it's important for those that, as I mentioned too, right? They have to bring value, right? Regardless where you are on the ladder, you have to bring value, especially if you're looking for a mentor. It's it's a relationship. It's uh, you know, it's not somebody feeding off of somebody else. It's 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 about building each other. So I think that's very important. And um, I, I want to also give you a chance to allow our audience to know exactly where they can find you, because I'm sure there's going to be questions about real estate, about financial literacy, about even being a mentee. Um, so I, I want to give you the opportunity to to let our, our community know exactly where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, social media is my number one platform in order to reach me. So on Instagram, it's my my um, my name on Instagram is Jeremiah DMV Realtor. On Facebook is Jeremiah Top Producer, um, as well as my work website is Jeremiah.DMVHomeViewer.com. And so you can schedule consultations through that site as well. Um, you can contact me via text. I don't mind giving my number out. I'm I'm straightforward and 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 I don't care what time of day. People, my wife hate when I say this, but I'm a 24 hour agent, and literally people will call and text at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. But I'll get to you in the morning if I'm asleep. I can't get the call, but I don't want anybody to think that they can't contact me at any point in time. This is my grind. This is what I do. What I love to do, and so I take every opportunity to help somebody um, become a homeowner. So. Uh, my phone number is 202-957-8332. Um, like I said, Instagram, Jeremiah DMV Realtor. Um, Facebook, um, Jeremiah Top Producer. Um, as well as, for, as far as Fresh Green is concerned, we're located at 32 Watkins Park Drive in Kettering, Maryland, 20774. They're right at the corner of Watkins Park Drive and Central Avenue, right next door to the CVS. So come out, support, get you a salad, man. Start that healthy eating. Let's not wait till January 1 to talk about our resolutions. Let's start now. So um, everything's fresh in our stores. We got cold pressed juices. We also make in-house lemonades. Every salad that we make, we make it freshly every day. And so everything's fresh. Most of every customer comes in. Why they say they love our restaurants because everything's always fresh. So, uh, yeah, definitely, man. I definitely appreciate you guys uh, for what you guys are doing, no matter what level that people may see this on every podcast. If you're at 99, congratulations um, to even stick in this game this long. Some people will give up, some people quit. And so I appreciate the platform, appreciate you guys reaching out to me. I don't even know how you guys found me, but I definitely <laughs> appreciate it. Man. Um, and so definitely wish you all the best and definitely, you know, keep grinding and I'm gonna keep supporting. If you guys need anything from me, let me know. If you ever need, if you got any clients, anything you need me to speak to, whatever the case may be, I'm more than welcome, brother. 100% Jeremiah. We, we Once again, we thank you for being on this podcast. The amount of gems that you've dropped. I hope anybody who's been sitting there and listening to this, that you have a notebook next to you. And you're writing down all of these gems. You're writing down his number. You're writing down everything about what this man has said this afternoon because it's 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 impactful. It's motivational. It's inspirational, but it's also real. 
And I think that's something that's missing from a lot of this, especially in the space that we're in with, whether it's self-help or personal development, that real aspect is missing from it. So we appreciate the real. We appreciate you for bringing it raw, man. And we, we appreciate your time on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time joining us on episode 99, I want to thank you for joining us on the Acromas Podcast. If you have been here before and you still have trouble spelling our name or finding us out anywhere, I'm going to help you out once again. A-C-H-R-O-M-O-U-S. You probably can't see the thing behind me because there's a glare from this light, but I'm going to spell it out. I spelled it out for you anyway. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find a podcast. If you are watching us and you're taking these gems visually, we need you to do three things. If you didn't do it at the beginning of this episode, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. The next time you're on YouTube, you'll see this episode from Jeremiah with all the gems that he's dropped tonight. And you have to be ashamed if you do not take any of them and run with it. Take that action this week. We'll see most of all, and I can't believe, I cannot believe this is actually the case, but go ahead, man. Listen, I'm going to put it to you this way. Jay-Z said, yeah, 99 problems. But we can assure you this ain't one of them. So, <laughs> listen, it's free to do so. Subscribe, guys. Turn on that notification bell. Like this content because it's the best content out here for you because it's about the development of you, your growth. And you had so many gems dropped to you tonight, so I know you got to appreciate it. So show us some love. Make sure to share it as well because each one teach one is our motto because you matter. 100%. And look, before we go... Jeremiah, I got to sit down with Will. See, we got to put a day in our calendar. We got to hit up fresh. Oh, cream, oh yeah. Period. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no doubt. No doubt. I'm yeah. already sold. It <laughs> no, it's crazy because uh, Byron Cage came to the restaurant yesterday. Man, um, it was a pleasure. Man, I was wow. uh, overwhelmed by you know his visit. He said he you know heard about us, and I didn't you know obviously you know we we I'm I'm hearing people calling me every day saying we're on ninety six point three one oh four point one. And I did not pay for any advertisement, but for whatever reason, you know, people are, it's a big buzz about Fresh Green. Um, and so I'm definitely appreciative of our community and all the support. So I wanted to lead by saying that definitely each and every one of you guys that did come out of support and are coming to support, I definitely appreciate it. I don't take it lightly, which is why my staff is going to greet you. We're going to have great customer service first and foremost. I'm in the store every day as the owner. I, I, I grind in the restaurant just as if I'm an employee um, and so I'm running a business that I want my employees to understand that they can also become an entrepreneur, as well as them seeing me as the owner work just as hard as them. I'm not just a boss, man. I'm not just the owner. I am an employee of the restaurant itself. And so um, I, I promise to continue to do good business and stewardship over what God is, is giving me, man. And so I thank you guys again for the platform. And I thank each and every one of you guys that's listening and the future customers that's coming through the store. So, man, I appreciate it. Much love. 100%, man. Hey, look, everyone who joined us today, we thank you. Jeremiah, we thank you for taking the time out today to join us on the Acromas Podcast. And until next Sunday, it's your boy, J.H. Gibbons. And I'm Lucy. Peace. Peace.